Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. But the reality is we all face desperate circumstances sometimes. And as we cry out to the Lord, as we seek God, God brings a response to us. And instead of clinging simply by faith to the response, we start to go into this other process. She starts to talk and have this discussion instead of just receiving him at his word. She gets into some theology thing. Oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Theologically, she's speaking something that's correct, but she's missing what Jesus is is saying to her. Jesus says to her, no, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So it shifted from a theological viewpoint to a practical lifestyle. I think so much of our world today in Christianity, we need to shift from a mindset that says, oh yeah, I I believe, I, I know, to shifting into this practical application that says, no, I believe God for these things. This is why when a believer goes from this life on and makes, you know, they change their address, they get their graduation day, they go be with the Lord. That yes, there's a grievous process because we have a loss of of immediate contact with that person. But there's also this celebration that goes on, simultaneously a celebration that goes on because we know they've gone to be in the presence of the one true living God. And that's a powerful, wonderful thing to experience as a believer. It's difficult because you're kind of living both things simultaneously, the grief process and the other. It's kind of this. Martha is saying to Jesus, yeah, I know you are able. I know you can do whatever you want to do. But it really boils down to, but God are you willing to do that for me? It gets pretty personal. That's where faith, the rubber hits the road. How's that? that that's where faith and practical life and all this contact starts to take place. Oh, I know about God. I've heard about God. I've gone to church. As a matter of fact, my grandma and grandpa helped start that, this other little church over here. And I was baptized there when I was 12. The question isn't any of that. It is this, simply. Where are you today in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That's really the question today. Where are we at in faith today? Do I believe that he is the son of God? Oh, yeah, I believe he's the son of God. Okay. How is that affecting you today? How is that affecting me today? How is that affecting our life and our lifestyle, our manner of living? 
How does that change me? How does that change you? Because I know he is who he is. I, I, I know that. I know he's able, as Martha's thinking. I know he's able. But are you willing to do this for me? So Jesus answers her and says, I am, which means the becoming one. The one who is able to become whatever your greatest need is. The one who is able to meet your need and my need. The one who knows our need before we even know our need. Her response is simple. She says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. I believe you're who you are. But do you know that he's done what he's done for you? Simply, just for you. That if you were the only person on the face of the earth, Jesus would have come. He would have given his life for you because he loves you personally. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. What a beautiful, simple truth. And when Jesus had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him, responding to his call. And Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. And then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary, that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's interesting that she says the exact same thing as her sister. Hmm. It's an interesting thing to contemplate. She says and repeats the exact same thing as her sister. I like to be around people of faith. People that take God at his word I have much contact with many different people, you know, of all different sorts. But I guard my heart as to what I take in so as not to repeat things like that. This is just what they're thinking. This is their personal viewpoint. We've got to go back to what did Jesus say? Oh, the sickness is none to death. The circumstance you're in, the situation you're in, God is at work, and that's the thing to know. God is at work. Let him have his way. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, Jesus is looking at a situation here of the grief that all of humanity faces at the loss of a loved one. You see, this body, along with yours, not just mine, along with yours, is in a slow process of decay. 
at a certain age, all of a sudden you hit somewhere in your early 20s or so. You can push it out if you want. You can say a little bit older. It doesn't matter to me. But in a certain age, all of a sudden you're going the other direction. (laughs) You're no longer developing the same way you were. Unfortunately, we continue to develop, but it's not in the same way we were. That's a simple truth. We live in a place where, in a time and space continuum where things are in motion, and ultimately, sin entered in, and, and sin starts, we, won't, we don't live in this body forever, the way it was designed originally to have ongoing forever and ever fellowship as Adam and Eve were created in the garden. That, that was, it was just going to be a, a continual thing. Well, it, it changed because sin entered in. And the reality is, is these bodies only last so long. It, it's, it's that simple. Jesus sees what happens. Jesus sees their response. And he said in verse 34, where, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He, he wasn't crying over the, the loss. He, he knows exactly what's going to happen. So how could he be freaked out about anything? He knows what's going to happen. He knows they're going to see Lazarus again. He could be bummed for Lazarus. He's got to bring Lazarus back from where he is. I don't know. You know, seriously, who wants to come back? You get in the presence of the Lord, let's stay there. I don't want to come back. You ever get in those times where you're just fervent in this time, in this season with the Lord, and God's just moving in your heart, and you're just worshiping and praying, and all of a sudden, you know, some time's gone by, and you realize, man, I, I can't, I got to keep moving through life. I can't pitch my tent here in that sense. We want to walk in the spirit, but that, that place, well, here, this situation, has got to bring him back. I love the fact that where was Mary when she came to him again? Would you notice this with me about a relationship with God? Would you please notice this? We find Mary again at Jesus' feet. We saw her in Luke's account. We saw her also in chapter 10, verse 39 of Luke's account. We saw her at Jesus' feet. She was elated that Jesus had come to visit. She was listening to Jesus' teaching. She was just hanging out at the feet of Jesus, you know, just worshiping and soaking in from him. These were good times. Lazarus was alive. We were just breaking bread and hanging out with Jesus. It was a good day, if you're willing. This situation, where do we find her? At the feet of Jesus. And it's a grievous day. It's a day wrought with struggle and difficulty. But both are the times to be with the Lord. Sometimes we find ourselves, when things are going good, we feel good about things, and so, gosh, I feel good about stuff. I'm going to go to church today and hang out around the other believers and, you know, wake up, oh, I don't feel so good today. I'm just going to stay home, and, you know. But it's to be all times to be with the Lord, to be in his presence, to be in worship, to be connected with Jesus. I love that aspect of her heart for the Lord and her worship in good times and in, in difficult times, being at the feet of the Lord. The Jews said, see how he loved him. He's crying and see how he loved him. Their misunderstanding of who Jesus is is clear. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb and we're just about done. It was a cave and the stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha and the sister of him who was dead said to him, 
mm, Lord, by this time there's a stench. This, are you sure this is a good idea? This stinks. You know, in the King James, some of you might have King James Version, he stinketh. I, I like that one for this, you, you know. But Lazarus stinks. Sin stinks. Apart from Jesus Christ, we stink. It's just the way it is. I love this. He says, no, are you sure this is a good idea? This time there's a stench. For he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, it goes back to his word, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? You know, this is a snippet for us, not necessarily of whether we physically die and physically come back, but that in this transformation process, because we believe, we will see the glory of God. Both here Throughout our lifetime, we will watch God move, move, and then as we go into his presence, we will see the glory of God. We will see him for who he is, sitting on the throne. What would we bring to God? What would you ask of God? Today, what would you ask of God? What is your biggest struggle, your biggest issue, the biggest circumstance going on in your life today? What would you ask of God? The Bible says he withholds no good thing from you. And you see the Lord, you see him all-powerful, mighty, ruling over all of the universe. Somehow, somehow, yours and my pea-sized brain can somehow in eternity comprehend that? In eternity, given your new body, your new, your new being that fits the heavenly realm, somehow you'll be able to comprehend, possibly, the vastness of his hand, that holds the universe within it. His hand spans it. It's a big God. That you could grasp that even somewhat. Then you think, wow. And my friends and those who went on and don't have relationship with God and are separated from him forever and they don't see this. I know there will be no regrets on the other side, but I throw this out to tantalize you a little bit purposefully, that you might involve yourself in intercessory prayer. You, brothers and sisters, those of you who know the Lord and are here this morning, are the very byproduct of someone's intercessory prayer. It might have been a grandmother. It might have been an aunt. It might have been an uncle. It might have been a great-grandfather. It might have been, who knows, friends, family, that continually interceded on your behalf before the throne of God in their own prayer closet, in their own time while they're driving on the interstate and they just keep praying, oh, I bring you so-and-so, Lord. I pray that they would come to know you in a personal way. Jesus says, take away the stone. It's kind of in a way, don't you think he's just saying, we've got to expose the death. We've got to just open this thing up. Do you know that's what the Lord did with me? That's what the Lord did with you when you gave your life to him? He says, man, we gotta, we, this has got to be seen for what it is. Well, apart from Jesus, it's just death. You've got to see it for what it is. Roll the way, get, get, the, get this out of the way that we can get in there and deal with this for exactly what it is. Verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
in advance. He knows. I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Confidence in that relationship. But because of these people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus had a phenomenal prayer life, but was rarely public with his prayer. Phenomenal prayer life, but was rarely public. This is one of those times where he had a public prayer to the Father. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus. And it's, it wasn't some crazy Pentecostal screech, okay? That, that wasn't what this was, okay? Just understand that. There's a, probably quite a crowd is drawn around now, and he's just yelling loudly for all to be able to hear, Lazarus, come forth! And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to those around, what did Jesus say? To those around, loose him and let him go. All bound up with the garb that they put as they wrap them with incense and all these different things. They wrap them with all these claws, wrapping the body up, putting this thing over the face. Now, I, I, I dare say, you got to get this picture. To me, it draws some sense of humor. I'm sorry, but it just does. I know it's a serious moment. I know it's an awesome thing. But just seeing him hopping out of there, wrapped, all bound up, but it's the truth. He's hopping out of there. Can you imagine all the people just like... I mean, we thought, you know, God can do anything, and we believe the disciples, oh, we believe he's the son of God, you know. But now this... Now this, this guy's been dead four days. Do you believe that Jesus did this? That's really the question for you and me today, this morning. Do you really believe that he did this? I do. I believe he really did this. I don't think this is just some cool little story that was just in the Bible. I believe Jesus did this. What's your, what's your problem today? What's your struggle today? What's the issue you're wrestling with? He spoke, and Lazarus was alive. He came out. The cool thing is Jesus tells everybody who's around, the disciples and all the others that are around, hey, you guys, help him get out of that, those death clothes that he's got on. Do you realize in a spiritual sense what you and I get to do as people are born again, the process we get to be a part of, and helping to disciple others, to bring people along in a relationship with the Lord, loose them, let them go, let them become who they're supposed to be in the Lord. You see, I love the fact that Jesus engages us, the followers, in the process. He does it, but he engages us in the process that we get to be a part of it. And it's not to detract from what has just transpired. You see, today, as we close up today, as we wrap up this, this time together that we've spent in the Word and in the Lord, as the Spirit is present here, the real question isn't whether your grandfather believed or your grandmother believed. The question isn't really what you, you know, are trying to hang your salvation on. Well, I was baptized. 
I went forward once. That's great. Where are you today? Are you walking with Jesus today? That's really, really, really what matters. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I first gave my life to the Lord at 12 years old. Understood that I was giving my life to the Lord. Didn't fully grasp all of things. I had a 12-year-old capacity to grasp it. But I gave my heart to Jesus. And I started following the Lord. Now, I got distant from the the Lord for, for a number of years, probably eight or 10 years. From the time I was probably 15 to 25, I, the 15 to 17, there was some hit and miss going on, but by and large, I, I, was, I was absentee, man. I didn't make it to class. I wasn't present and accounted for. I wasn't abiding in the Lord, period. Simple, simple statement. I gave my life back to the Lord in my mid-20s and started following Jesus Christ. I've never looked back. I don't want to wear the grave clothes ever again. They did not suit me. I don't care for them. I don't want to hang around in a stinky, stuffy tomb. It's death. Life apart from Jesus Christ is death. It's death, death, death. And we don't want that. We want everlasting life. We want a life that transforms from this life to the next. This is an important time as we kind of contemplate that reality. That all of us, have the opportunity to walk with the Lord and have an experience of everlasting life each and every day. That's ours, available to all who would call upon his name. God loves you with a perfect love. I don't know every one of you. I don't know exactly where you're at with the Lord, but I do know God, and I do know that God loves you. And I do know that God gave his life for you. And that he wants to have fellowship with you. He stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone opens the door, he will come into that person's heart and have fellowship, sup with him. Basically, it's it's that intimate interaction of breaking bread. He'll, He'll hang out with you in your heart, in your life. And everlasting life is yours. He wants to forgive. I know what it's like to carry that weight of sin that burden that you lug around with you, he wants to forgive. He wants to take all that off of your shoulders because he died to set you free from the bondage of sin and death that you might enter into a life everlasting. It's simple. It's not complicated. Thank you so much uh, for listening today. This is Pastor Jim, and I'm really blessed that you've tuned in, and I I hope that uh, God's really doing a a fresh new work in your life. And oftentimes, uh, when we hear messages like today's message, the Lord starts to tug on our hearts, and and he, He wants to hear from us. He wants our response, and that's just a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. And maybe you just need to get right with God. Maybe you need to repent and turn your life back over to the Lord. Maybe you just need to give your life to Jesus, and you've never done that before. This is your time. This is your opportunity. God's Word goes out. And he's making himself known, and he wants you to live and have everlasting life. Incline your ear and come to him. And so Jesus is calling out to you, and it's your opportunity to respond and call back to him. 
and just open that door in your heart. It's a simple response in prayer. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If you just pray this simple prayer of faith, God will come into your life and make your heart his home. Jesus, I ask that you would do just that. Make my heart your home, that you would come in and forgive me of my sin. I want to ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I know this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship, and I want to start that relationship. You're calling out to me. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm in need of spiritual help, and so I'm calling out to you, God, asking that you would help me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making yourself known to me, and Lord, I just want to receive that gift of everlasting life. I want to thank you for it right now, and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, We meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found on calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.